Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill. It's time to listen and learn. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Things Worth Considering. I'm Gord Riddell, and I am here with my guest host, uh, or actually my co-host, she's always here, not my guest host, that's another person, I'll introduce her in a minute, uh, and then i got Dr. Jan Hill, hi Jan. Hello, does that mean that we're so used to each other that I no longer have any special guest status? You do have status, so you have so much status <laughs> in this room, um, uh, but Pauline has bigger status. Yes. She this does. is uh, uh, Pauline O'Hanlon. Hi, Pauline. Hi, Gorge. Welcome back to the show. Hi, you have been here uh, previously. Pauline. And uh, she is, uh, uh, Pauline is an instructor here at Transformational Arts College. She is also a specialist in the whole area of manifestation and uh, knowing above and beyond what the secret really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be talking about that today. We're also going to talk about, you know, how science plays into all of this and, and of course, how our consciousness plays into it as well. So, Pauline, um, you know, where do you want to kick off? Do you want to start with the science stuff and then we can move into the really good stuff? You know, okay, like, yeah. Let's start with the quantum physics, how how it plays into creating your reality. Okay. Okay. I, I can handle quantum physics. Okay. All right. Don't um, go to sleep out there, folks. All right. Stay with us. <laughs> We're going to make it interesting, I promise. Um, not just science, but the mystics, scholars, and authors have been involved in this for since the beginning of time. And they've wondered and written about how do we co-create our reality with the universe? And the science discipline of quantum physics has really opened it up further to show us that our reality is malleable. And you shape your mind with your mindset. And this has been proven scientifically that 95% of our thoughts are controlled by our pre-programmed subconscious mind and the field of infinite possibilities. And that's the scariest part, though. That's like the good news, bad news kind of delivery. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, you know, the pre-programmed piece that is, is what our problem is. It's a big problem if you have a negative mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's a big problem if you have uh, preconceived ideas about things that are not going to bring the best possibilities to you. Right. And we'll get more into that in, in, in the program. So thoughts become things, and sometimes we're conscious of our thoughts, but often we're not. And that's right. Whatever is mm-hmm. in your subconscious, and this is the scary part, this is why I love therapy. And this is why I love our school here, because it helps to bring the subconscious up into our knowledge, into Mm -hmm. our consciousness. And that is the only way that you can change these things Mm -hmm. by being aware of what's in that subconscious. Because if you're not, you're going to keep attracting the same old, the same old and the same old. And then you're going to say, well, why the hell am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Well, because it's in your subconscious. Mm -hmm. So what happens is we observe things into form by our focus on them. So what's ever in that subconscious and what's ever in your thoughts, you are going to create that into your life. Mm-hmm. Giving giving anything attention adds more impact to the matter. It, and, and that's a funny thing. I don't mean the matter. I mean matter. Matter <laughs> forms from our th- thoughts and from our attention. 
But that can also be negative too, though. Absolutely. People have to understand that, that, you know, holding a visualization uh, uh, for something isn't necessarily going to bring it in if you have all this negative stuff going on. Absolutely. Energy just is. That's what that's probably what I would want to say about this is that energy I've learned just is. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not benevolent. It's not malevolent. It just is. We're the people or we're the, the director of the energy. Absolutely. It's the same when you come into therapy. Emotions are not bad. There's no negative. There's no positive. Mm-hmm. It's what you give to them. And the power that you give to your emotions is also going to um, bring into form what you don't want. So mm. if uh, we will go into that a bit l- later as well. I'll talk about grief and, and what that does. So your thoughts are like an energy wave. And they can be measured um, by electrograms. Mm-hmm. And they have done this in quantum physics. They've actually measured thoughts. So they're vibrational waves that follow the energy you send out. And your brain will build up a memory from a few key details. So what will happen if, if a thought comes into your mind, and say it's a negative one, and this thought is in your mind, what your brain automatically does, it starts looking for clusters with the same idea mm-hmm. that are already mm-hmm. in your brain. Mm-hmm. And it will fill in the missing pieces. So it's not necessarily even you creating, it's the cluster of, of neurons that are in your brain that have ideas. Mm-hmm. And the, they try to do the familiar. Whatever you're familiar with mm-hmm. is going to happen unless you're aware of that and work through it. So if you think of your thoughts like film, and the brain is the projector, Physical reality is the screen. Right. Well, I mean, that, that certainly plays out that, that whole idea of when, you know, um, we're triggered by somebody, uh, you know, it might be our spouse, say, you know, the, the wife reminds us of the mother the, or the father, the, you know, whatever variations here, uh, be, simply because they're all part of that same cluster. The behaviors are similar. It can't pull out a file under G and say, oh, Gord, you know, because it's just kind of all the G's, M's, and F's. And, you know, and the brain is always looking for the last time we did this, because it doesn't know any better either. This is what we did. No one died. Therefore, it's successful. Log it. And we're going to pull it up. And, right. I, and that's, what, that's where when we get entrenched with somebody uh, or they're triggering us and, and so on, it's probably really an old you know, grouping of, of early behavior yeah. that we're responding it's to. It's a process of generalization. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our brain is, you know, we think our brain is so analytically specific. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's not. Not once you move into the emotional end of this, mm-hmm. you know, which, of course, involves oh. the creative and the spiritual part of it. Well, if you look at here, um, the intensives that go on at the college, um, when we're doing an intensive, uh, the people that are in the intensive are going to be characters in somebody's story. Mm-hmm. So the person is going to look for people that they're going to project whoever the uh, players were in their story. At the end of the intensive, there's a debriefing where that person can 
um, have a, a part away from that person as not seeing them as that actual person in their story. Mm-hmm. And that, that is the reason, because the brain has assimilated when when the projection has gone on to that person, that that person actually is the person in their mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's yeah. another kind of reason why the trigger of somebody who hasn't done anything to you, but you don't know, you, don't, you just don't like them. Right. And it's a projection. Mm-hmm. A lot of projecting going on. A lot, a lot. More than we ever realize. So, so okay, sorry. Jump in. So uh, I guess people are wondering, how does your brain interact with this creating? Yeah, that's a good mm, question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so your reality depends on what actually happens. And that's the objective part of it. But there's a subjective part of it because your brain makes sense of what is happening. Mm-hmm. That is why two people can see exactly the same thing and have a totally different perspective of it because their brain has gone into their clusters to find to make sense of it. That's why the police say that people are not good witnesses. Oh, exactly, exactly. See, I have this image right now because I'm very visual of all these all these filing clerks running around going, I know what's in here somewhere. I've got to find that file. He needs it now. You know? That's a um, pretty good image for it. <laughs> that's what I live with in my head um, is constantly looking for the file. <laughs> so your brain factors into your subconscious beliefs and attitudes about yourself, others, and the world and then assigns meaning to the incoming stimuli And this is what creates your reality. Hmm. So neuroplasticity, to bring science into it, states that your repeated thoughts, feelings, and behavior actually shape your physical brain and the functioning. So what they're saying is uh, what's coming into you is the world around you. So what's happening in the world around you and yourself, what your thoughts, what your feelings are, being you, what does that mean? Those two things interact together. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So I, uh, I remember... Years ago, studying in uh, intro psych, you know, they put kittens in those boxes. And in the boxes, they, they would be either, um, <clears throat> they'd have either vertical or horizontal lines. Yes. And so whether the kitten was exposed to vertical or horizontal lines in this inside this drum, when they took the kitten out, the actual eye structure, the rods and the cones and the various, yeah. the, the neurology in the eye and the brain... Uh, was better tuned in for and would ignore the pieces that were missing. So they were better tuned in for, sorry, I didn't say that very well, did I? Um, They were tuned in for if they were vertical lines that the kitten had been exposed to, the brain paid attention to that, but ignored horizontal lines and vice versa. Yeah. So the brain was actually structured according to what it was exposed to. And that's exactly what Mm. happens with us. So uh, we have to be aware of what we're doing. Um, The self is also generated by your brain. And for example, when you're looking at yourself, think about your bodily self. Think about your narrative self and your social self. And the brain is sending message to every organ in your body to control and regulate your survival. So when you look at that, when you look at that, you know that scientifically, that the brain is organizing what is needed at what moment. We know a lot about this. Mm -hmm. But the same things are happening to your narrative self and your social self. And as I said, they're clustering together, the brain cell group together with similar cells, and then they wire together based on what you feel. Right. And what happens is when when that happens is it can only access what your belief systems are. 
what your paradigms are. It has no other thing um, in the brain because that's what you fed into it. Hmm. So it's like its own closed system. Yeah. So it affects your conscious self and your subconscious self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we are not separate from the world. Whether you think you're separate, you're not. Mm -hmm. Um, You are connected to everything. Mm -hmm. Including uh, nature. Everything. Especially nature. Yes. And even Mother Earth. The Mother Earth is a living being. So what we do affects her as well. And Mm -hmm. our consciousness affects the Earth consciousness. Mm -hmm. So... Everything is is, uh, connected to this grand unified field. And there are particles in this field and energy, and they have their own intelligence. So energy and our consciousness, as we heard from, um, remember the other fellow that was here that talked about consciousness? That was a fabulous show, by the way. Yeah, yeah, uh, David Bryan. Yes, and he talked about consciousness being an energy as well. And everything is from the same source. Energy never dies. Energy is just there, and it's whether we can tune into that energy or not. Mm-hmm. So we are connected to everything. Therefore, our thoughts and, and our beliefs shape the world around us. But we're not connected to ourselves. No, not very many that's, people are. That's where I, <laughs> I'm just, you know, seeing the problem when you say, you know, if you, you know, uh, look at yourself. Rarely does anybody look in the mirror. And actually look at themselves. They look if their hair is okay, their yeah. teeth are okay, their you know their makeup's all right. Uh, that's just the guys. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, uh, there's just that lack of connection. You know, I, I learned uh, Louise Hay uh, with from from her during the early days of AIDS, uh, doing what was called the Hayride, and uh, mirror work was just beginning then. And people found it incredibly, incredibly difficult to say anything affirmative about themselves while looking in their own eyes. Mm -hmm. And I still see to this day, occasionally I may suggest someone try this, uh, if nothing more but for training. And they're like, "Uh, I can't do this, you know, or they're Mm -hmm. looking away or whatever. It's it's, a. it's an unfortunate piece that, you know, we look into other people's eyes, we, as I'm doing right now with you guys, and yet we can't look at ourselves. And so, you know, to say, well, we have to know that we're part of nature and we're part of the planet. We don't even know we're part of ourselves, And that, that's a huge missing secret. Absolutely. You know, that we have to connect to, uh, to ourselves somehow in a way that is conducive to letting me connect or understand my connectedness. But when we look at ourselves, we have to look at the positive and the negative. Sure. And some people find it much easier to look at the negative parts Absolutely. of themselves. Is that, is that a pimple on my face? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, <laughs> at your age, um, it's from lack of sleep. Uh, yes, I agree. I agree. More, more people, but then we've talked about that on the show, that that's our natural brain function mm-hmm. is to actually go towards the negative. But that's because we've conditioned our brain that way. I do believe that there are places that condition themselves through joy. Mm-hmm. It's just not on the earth. <laughs> oh, well, it's yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> we'll save that for a travel show. Okay. Uh, aliens. <laughs> aliens. I knew they would come back. Yeah. I knew they'd come back again. So uh, people, some people have an emotional addiction to grief, despair, sadness. And yeah. what happens, I'm not making anybody a victim here, but What happens when we do this is that we create neurons and structures through our beliefs and we create our experience by sending the message to our brain and then we draw that experience to us further. If any of you have ever thought, 
oh my God, everything is going wrong. What the hell is mm-hmm. happening? Mm-hmm. It seems to perpetuate into more and more and more. Mm-hmm. This is why. Because your brain is at the lower vibrational level as well. Mm -hmm. And it's clustering into all those belief systems. And that's all you're going to create Mm -hmm. until you're aware of what your habitual thoughts are. Many years ago, Candace Pert did uh, research on, she has a book called Molecules of Emotion. And she talks about the way in which neurotransmitters, if you're flooded always with a particular emotion that it has a particular molecular design chemical design that neurotransmitters are designed sorry neuroreceptors are designed to um to hold to respond to those neurotransmitters and the more that you feel what you feel the more neuroreceptors actually start to shape around that emotion so the more flooded you are say by sadness the more neuroreceptors that respond to sadness actually form absolutely and on that formation of receptors we have to receptively let you know that we will be back in a couple of minutes and while we take a break here from things worth considering live on voice america we'll be right back we're on facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. 
Hi, welcome back to Things Worth Considering. I'm here with uh, Pauline O'Hanlon, our guest today, and of course our co-host, Dr. Jan Hill, and I'm Greg Riddell. And we are talking about things our brain does, importantly, the way that we can actualize our own potentialities and uh, uh, the things in our life. So I'm going to... I'm going to hand it back over to you there, Okay. Okay. Um, so quantum physics has told us that nothing that, uh, that we observe is unaffected by the observer. Mm-hmm. So this means that, as I said earlier, that we all see a different truth, a different perspective. Everyone is creating what they see. And you can create your reality according to your belief systems and expectations. If you do not like one aspect of your world, then examine your belief around that and your expectations. So, for example, um, say um, you want somebody in your life. You want a partner. Why? No, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to answer that. I, I'm, I'm talking to people up there that, might, that yeah. might be a big question okay. for them. Um, it's a big <laughs> question that comes into therapy when people come in to me. Why do I not have a partner? Mm-hmm. And um, the reason would be, uh, that's some of their beliefs around partnership are hidden in their subconscious and they're not aware of them. So what happens is uh, we have to examine any area of your life, never even mind the partner thing, but any area in your life that is not going according to your plan or what you would like, you need to sit down and you need to get to the underlying paradigm that mm-hmm. you have about that. So perhaps... It's some some kind of uh, people that have come in for therapy. Their idea of about about a partnership is there's nobody around. There's no good men left. There's no good women left. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. They're going to meet no good women, no good men. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. you have to examine those because they are based on your ne- negative blueprints and your paradigms about love. Right. So that's kind of an example around you get what you see, right? Or you see what you get. Absolutely. Or you see what you think you is there, right? So I, I had a client a while ago who came in with exactly the same sort of situation. Yeah. Why, why, why? And we looked at we looked at her underlying values. And what I found was really interesting is when we, we did a via signature strength. And at the end of the day, her primary value was freedom. So, you know, it was like, so then it was like, oh, how can I have freedom and be in a relationship at the same time? Right. And she was a person who struggled with boundary issues. So, of course, you got to give up your freedom to be in a relationship if you have no boundaries. Right. Yes. And so she just wasn't willing to do that. So it's not even like. Sometimes it's not even as obvious as thinking there's no good guys no. and then not seeing them or no good women and then not seeing them. It's actually there's a fundamental oh, absolutely. Yeah, paradox in the value structure. I had a, a client come to me who came from a very wealthy family mm. and she had a whole thing uh, that she manifested, the guy she wanted. Mm-hmm. But there was a problem. The guy that she got with had a problem with the family. Because he didn't come from wealth, and he was having a hard time with flying to the whole family going to Whistler, the whole family going to Arizona, the whole family going to Europe, and he was having difficulty. Right. And when we broke down her paradigms, her paradigm was, and her business was not going well. Mm -hmm. She couldn't make money in it. Hmm. And when I broke down all her paradigms, what we got to was she really had a problem with being from a wealthy family. Ah. And so her paradigm and her subconscious pushed 
the guy, she got the guy that didn't want the family. And the family, she loved her family. And her family were wonderful people. But she needed to understand that she had to be accepting of the fact that, yes, she came from wealth. And that wasn't a problem. The problem was how she perceived. And how I copped on to this was she said to me once, well, my sister and brother have BMWs and I only drive a Jeep. Mm. And so that paradigm came out. True, um, true. That, and I said, aha, we've hit on it now. Yeah. And once that switched around, she started, she got it out into her consciousness and she started a, a business successful uh, and ha- is doing very well. Uh, I hope she kept that Jeep. At, at, she she <laughs> has the Jeep, <laughs> yeah. but she's doing very, very well. And she also has, I've had them both in for uh, uh, talk as well and uh, for therapy. And it's been resolved around her family because her family are very good people. Right, right, But right. there was this thing, you couldn't huh. be spiritual and have that kind of wealth. Mm. And so you have to be very, very careful. So you have to do some work on yourself to find out what the, these underlining that, paradigms are. That paradigm you're talking about is so entrenched in people that if you have, you know, you work as a spiritual career, whether you're mm-hmm. dating somebody or a professed nun or whatever, uh, uh, or you teach spirituality that you can't have money. You must be mm-hmm. poor. Yes, that is such an old, old Christian early day thing that that we just have embedded in us. That people will actually, if you can afford to go on a vacation, they're like, really? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're making that much money? That and much yet money? there's the Protestant thing, right? That God rewards people who work hard and rewards yeah. them with money. But well, only exactly. so much so wealth is yeah is part of the Protestant. Yeah, it's yeah. Standard, right? Well, it is as long as you're not. I don't know. Somehow, Show as long me. as you're not working in the field. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, that's what I mean. That's like the whole rise of entrepreneurialism and capitalism. Everything is fueled by really Protestants who, you know, had no problem keeping money back and watching other people starve, right? And putting it in. Well, you factory. know, I mean, this goes back even further. I mean, yeah. let's not talk about the poor Protestants. Let's talk about the Catholics who were taking in the money yeah. and selling indulgences, yes. which is what led to the Protestant in the first place. Yes. You know, with uh, Martin Luther. So it really, it's just, it's as old as man. Mm-hmm. Well, Neil Donald Literally Walsh, man. Neil Donald <laughs> Walsh has said, um, I've gone to many of his workshops, mm-hmm. and he said that he had the paradigm, and he was on the street mm-hmm. with the paradigm of you couldn't be spiritual and have money. Mm-hmm. Right. And it wasn't until he um, realized um, that through his conversations mm-hmm. with God that um, he can't have that and have what he wants in his life as well. And the fact of the matter is you can actually help more mo- uh, people the more sure. money you have. Well, you know, this is, this is, again, that disconnect. You know, if we saw around how wealthy this world is, I mean, I'm yeah. talking about nature, the creation, the, uh, from the trees and the flowers and the, you know, whatever, and then realize that, yeah, we're part of that. We get to have the same thing. If we're disconnected from it, it's like always going to be that we're trying to grasp at yeah, like if you think, like you know me and my red Audi, I mentioned that on the last show, <laughs> I want a red Audi. But it, I, if I look at the, the guy beside me and he's in a red Audi and I think, you bastard, you have a red Audi. Um, <laughs> I, my Audi. I, I will never get an Audi yeah. because then only in my paradigm what I'd be cre- uh, creating is that bastards right, uh, exactly. or bitches yeah. drive <laughs> red Audis. And I don't want to be a bitch. Yeah. So... 
You the red eye can't come to me. Yeah. So you you can't. And it's not just about money. I hope you've come to terms with this. But I have. Right. And um, <laughs> it's not just about money and abundance in that mm. way. It's about everything. It's about our abundance of love. It's about our abundance of miracles. You know, the Course of Miracles says that no miracle, there's no sizes to miracles. Yeah. So if you have in your mind, oh, I can't ask for that. Who am I to ask for that? Well, guess what? It won't be coming because we have free will, Mm -hmm. which, as Gord said in the last show, that is not the greatest thing always. Mm. Because sometimes (laughs) I would like somebody to come down and say, stop it (laughs) now. Exactly. Exactly. Just stop it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or giving us a a, like at a a restaurant that just has so many choices on the menu. We talked about that the other week. Uh, It's like it's crazy. You can't make a decision then. So what do we do? What do we have to do? So if we want to manifest, we have to speak in the present turn. We have to speak now as if it's happening now. It can't be in past terms. It can't be in future terms. The subconscious mind only looks at now. Mm -hmm. So it actually does because the energy is here now. Mm -hmm. It is already created So when you speak it, it brings it into form. Mm -hmm. So what else can you do? You can expand your consciousness. Another way of looking at this is your awareness. Don't give energy where you don't want it to go. Right. Focus on what you want only. Uh, A lot of things that I do with clients about uh, they don't know what they want. They have no idea what they want. Mm -hmm. But you know what? They know what they don't want. So create what you don't want and then change it into a positive statement. So say you don't want to commute to work. I don't want to commute to work. Change it into, I have a short, easy drive to my work. Or I'm able to walk to work or I'm able to bike to work. I'm able to go down the elevator in the building to work. Whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And listen to your guidance system. Your feelings are your guiding system. Mm-hmm. Give no significance to things that upset you. Say this is passing and this is very hard to do, but you get into the practice of it if you practice mm-hmm. and take your mind out of the equation. Take your mind out of the equation. So if something is bad that you deem bad that is happening, this is only here for a short time. This is quickly gone. I am a divine being. Mm-hmm. I think of it this way, too. Like, I like what you're saying. I think of it this way as, like, you taskify things. So um, so if something is, oh, my God, I have to drive into work and do whatever, and instead of it becoming part of the story of your day, you just make it a task. You know, yeah. like, if you had to, like, freak out every time you went to brush your teeth, then, you know, you wouldn't be brushing your teeth. But if you just make it, I get up in the morning, you know, brush my teeth, put on my clothes, leave the house. It's just part of the tasks of being up in the morning, then there's no trigger. There's no, there's nothing to it. And then you're not creating more brain cells around it. Exactly, right? So you use the power of repetition. You pull from the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind cannot reject anything. It sees all points of view Mm -hmm. from you. Mm -hmm. Whatever your points of view are, it will see. And it cannot distinguish between real and imagination. So a lot of companies are using this now to have their people more productive. Mm -hmm. We're going to imagine that 
it's going up 10% in here, the, the productivity or the profit or whatever. There's goals in company. There's goals in school boards. They do mm. the same thing. 10% more of the students will uh, reach whatever goal you've set for those 10 weeks. And putting that out there actually improves. Hmm. So the body pulls from our subconscious minds to create your feelings. Right. So if in your subconscious mind you're creating good, then more good is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And 95% of your life is in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. So you better know what's in there. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Absolutely. This is kind of scary. You think of your entire life as like being shoved down in the basement. <laughs> yeah. You just shove the door down and stay down there and don't come up. I have a nice basement. <laughs> yeah. Well, it better be out. Yeah, so I like my basement. <laughs> oh, like 95%. I mean, oh my God, no memories. <laughs> so it's only going to respond to what you are saying and thinking right now. Right in this moment, you are creating your next thing that's going to happen in your life. Mm-hmm. So what you want already exists. Mm-hmm. It's already there. Train your subconscious mind to that reality. Mm-hmm. So some affirmations, I am a divine being worthy of everything I desire. Mm-hmm. You have to be in the reality of what you wish to exist now. I'm so grateful I have. I'm a genius and I apply my wisdom too. Your self-talk now creates your future. Right. Neville Goddard, I really like it. He's from a long, long time ago. But he said, then becomes now. Mm-hmm. So instead of thinking when I have this or then I will do this, now, mm-hmm. there becomes here. Right. Because we set up so many conditions, and those are those are the conditional words right there. You know, this will happen when I do this. Or yes. This can happen mm-hmm. when this happens. Mm-hmm. And there's so many conditions that people place, place on getting the relationship or getting a job or you know whatever their goals are uh, that they basically have so many conditions no one you know, the universe couldn't even meet them if they tried. I think that's interesting because I think what happens is a lot of times in, in our culture, we think something doesn't exist until we actually experience it in the, our immediate future. Like there's a cup in front of me. So well, in if form, I, yeah, in form, in form right? So if, I, if this cup is in the other room and I don't even know about it, it doesn't change the fact that I don't know about it, that the cup, like it doesn't make the cup do not exist, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I know people would argue about that, but you know what I mean? It's presumably the cup is still there. So that cup, before I go and pick it up, could actually be on its way to me energetically yes. three weeks ago, a month ago, a year ago when it was maybe created or who knows when it was, you right? Well, want to the, look the, at the motor on that. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? We have a tendency to Absolutely. go, oh, here it is now. But it's yeah. actually been on its way to me since yes. it took form. I kind of explain it like and this, before. and this is kind of funny, but it's it's a good way for to give a visual. You might like this, Gord. Um, <laughs> if you think of all your divine beings on the other side, and there's a garage. They have a garage for Gord. They have a garage for Jan. They have a garage for Pauline. With an Audi. Yes, a red, red one. one. And the, the angels or whoever's there, Gord is saying, oh, I really want that now. Oh, yes, it's here now. I see it. The angels are going, yay. And they're bringing the garage up. And then Gord goes, oh, I don't have the money for that right now. And then bang, down goes the garage. And then you have another nice thought and the garage goes up. So most of us have the garage going up and down, up and down, up and down. (laughs) And the universe can't give it to us. It's like calling the Sears catalog and then phoning back and saying, "Uh, no, not right now. 
Oh, no, I changed my mind again. And eventually they just like, you know what, when you really get it settled, they give us a call. You just changed the meaning of a garage sale for me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's going to be Saturday morning. Uh, Pretty soon. Okay, on that note, uh, we have to get ready for another Saturday morning. We're going to take a break here. Uh, You're with uh, Dr. Jan Hill, our guest, Pauline O'Hanlon. I'm Gordon Dell, and we will be back right after this message. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Yonge Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back again. Uh, Gord Vidal, and we're here from Things Worth Considering. Dr. Uh, Jan Hill and uh, this lovely lady, Pauline O'Hanlon. Irish girl. <laughs> so tell us more about the secrets of the leprechauns. Okay, so I'm going to give you the three steps that came directly through my pot of gold from the leprechauns. And okay. this is it. Use your imagination, number one. Collapse time to the present moment and feel that it already exists. If you place desires in the future, then you will be experiencing your reality the same as you already have. That doesn't exist. You need to energize your subconscious mind, and it only works in the present now. So as I said earlier, there doesn't exist. All possibilities exist now in the here. So you have Mm -hmm. to say, all I want comes to me now. 
and live from the end result. The end result, you're, you're visualizing the end result with every sensory vividness that you can do. Mm-hmm. So using all your senses, you're seeing it, you're hearing it, you're feeling it, and bring it to your feelings and imagine what you want. So imagine that your prayers are already answered. And say, I am a divine being worthy, worthy of everything I desire. Do not use the words, I hope. Right. I hope equals I don't have mm-hmm. to your subconscious. Yep. So this is stating that you don't believe it's going to happen. You have to know for certain. I know I'm certain and then put in your wish. Mm-hmm. I need, get rid of that too, equals I'm still needing. <laughs> Things in life don't come when you need them. Mm-hmm. They come organically. This states that you need something outside of yourself, that you're not enough to provide your needs. So you're instead of that, say, I am, and put after it whatever it is that you're wanting, or what am I grateful for? Right. Do not live from a place of reaction. Come from a place of creation. Mm-hmm. Another one, I can't. <laughs> I can't equals I won't. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. When, when, a th- when a client ever says that to me, he's like, I can't do that. It's like, no, what you just told me is you won't do that. You're not willing to risk it. That's right. Yeah. So what you state is, I can, I live from. So how do you ask? Brett Braden calls it prayer. Mm -hmm. You don't have to call it prayer. You can call it asking the universe to assist you. I thank you for already receiving for already receiving whatever it is. Because as Jan was saying about the cup in the other room, think of it being held in spirit for you, but Mm -hmm. it's there. Mm -hmm. And then you have to believe, are you deserving? Do you have clarity on what you want? I find that most people do not have clarity on what they want. I think I want this, or maybe not, maybe Mm -hmm. this. Maybe I don't want a red Audi. Maybe I want a BMW. Maybe I want this. You have to have clarity. The more clear you are, the more the universe can provide. You need a clear vision. Mm -hmm. Without a reasonable confidence in your own abilities, you cannot achieve your desires. Mm -hmm. So if you feel that you don't have the ability to do that or you're not deserving of that or whatever, whatever it is you're putting in your way, it cannot come to you because the universe cannot go past what you think of yourself. Mm -hmm. So a great way to get rid of self-doubt is to fill your mind with overflowing faith. Oh, I like that. I've got an example of that. Oh, I'd love that. Okay. So many years ago, you know how I'm crazy about dogs. So many years ago, and every other animal, so many other years, many years ago, I um, would, I wanted to have a Rottweiler and blah, blah, blah. And so anytime I'd see a Rottie, I'd go, that's my dog. It's just like my dog. He's coming to me. She's coming to me. And it's like the cup, right? I could just feel that the cup was there. I could feel that the dog was there, but I had no idea when the dog would arrive. And I was out walking one of my other dogs, um, and somebody, it's kind of a sad story, somebody threw down the window, threw out of the window of their car a baby Rottweiler. So anyway, he became my dog. And But here's about not being clear, right? So the dog that I, I inherited 
when it when he showed up was pretty unruly and hadn't been trained and he was a bit messed up. He was a tiny little guy though, and he was a bit messed up. So it took a lot of work to get him into shape. So I hadn't been clear. Yeah. All I'd wanted was a Roddy because yes. they're so beautiful, and he was beautiful. I didn't say I want a Roddy that's not messed up, yeah. right? Or that's clear of mind, right? Be he very careful not to get the messed up. Yeah, exactly. Well, he turned out to be the best dog uh, ever, yeah. but it took a lot of work, right? So what happens, uh, say you, all of us, have negative thoughts. So what can we do? We can delete them in our mind's eye. So when something comes in, I can't have the dog, for example, Mm -hmm. freeze the image Mm -hmm. and then draw a circle around it in your mind and then place a big X in the circle Mm -hmm. and see yourself tossing it out of your mind. See it dissolving and choose what to imagine. I like to go, sometimes I don't have time to do all that. Mm -hmm. So what I do when I get a thought, I'll say delete, delete that has no part of my reality. Right. And I find that that really works as well. Affirmations work very well as well. But one thing that's really, really important is developing awe in your life. You have to develop awe in your life. Aww. Um, aww. <laughs> um, and focus on everything working in your life. Get your mind, your ego out of the way mm. and raise your vi- vibration. You are programmed to construct the light within you. You Mm -hmm. are pure light. Building awe about your life puts you into awe. Mm -hmm. So go in your backyard or go on your balcony or go wherever there's nature. What am I grateful for? What do I appreciate? Stay stay something right now that you can have awe for. Mm -hmm. It might be the awe of the love of your dogs Mm -hmm. or your cats Mm -hmm. or your children or maybe not so much, but whatever, (laughs) whatever you have in your life that you can have awe for. Mm -hmm. Connect to that energy of love. Connect to the universe. Everything is like protons, and matter is composed of electrons. A proton carries the energy. Innocent appreciation will bring you back to your one substance. And when you're back to, whether you call it the universe, spirit, or whatever, when you come back to that innocence, you are in the place to manifest. Right. Because your subconscious is being taken over by the one substance of the world. That's the alignment, right? Yes. With, uh, with, uh, with the uh, all possibilities, infinite possibilities. So all connects us to the universe mm-hmm. and taps into the consciousness within you. There's so, so much research done around gratitude oh. about oh tons uh, yeah. you know, what it does for our just our, our overall health physically mm-hmm. emotionally spiritually it's staggering mm-hmm. and it's it's not about you know pulling out a shopping list when when one does prayer for lack of better words uh, and and just saying thank you thank you thank you but gratitude is actually an experience mm-hmm. like you feel it down in your toes your mm-hmm. whole body becomes this ingratiated you mm-hmm. know. Uh, place mm-hmm. to actually live in as opposed to you know i think people think of gratitude as just going well i'm really grateful you gave that to me jan yeah uh, thanks for uh, that toothbrush yeah, yeah hey thanks right. you know i'm going to keep this for a while at least until my teeth fall out yeah um gratitude though is just this 
And it just ties you to love, into creativity, spirituality. It just becomes a wonderful glow. Yeah, some of the good news about gratitude, too, is it is perceived as being the number one strength in terms of malleability. So if you're mm. sitting and listening and going, well, I don't, I don't, gratitude's not my big thing. And I have to like really consciously work at that. Well, good. Yeah, exactly. Because guess what? You can consciously work on that and it will change where there's other signature strengths that don't change quite so readily. <laughs> well, the thing with this is, what am I grateful for in the moment? Like when I have my cup of tea, this is a grateful practice for me in the morning. Mm-hmm. My cup of tea is like a ritual. That's great. And I get my cup of tea and I don't look at any emails. I don't look at anything. Mm-hmm. And I look out at the trees and the plants outside and I have my cup of tea and, and I am totally in gratitude for that cup of tea Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to be a big huge thing that somebody's given you something or that it's huge that you have to oh my god i have to really go down on my knees about this Mm -hmm. it should be built into your life Mm -hmm. i am grateful for this i'm grateful that i woke up today Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be anything big Mm -hmm. so get yourself a vision board did you say get yourself a vision gourd? Did you say a vision gourd? <laughs> I thought board, I had one. Board, gourd. Your Just vision is way off the planet. Board. He, doesn't, really he doesn't need a board. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, it's, he's, I'm out of here with Jan with the aliens. He's a visionary. Well, then I'm going with you. I like them too. So hold your picture tightly and never permit it to, to fade. And get your mind to seek to develop that picture. And your mind works in images. So pull up the images of what you want. Fill mm-hmm. your mind full of positive things. And this sends subliminal messages to your mind. And do not build up obstacles in your imagination. Resistant thoughts and feelings need to change to be believable of your desire. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a little visualizing meditation for a minute. Okay. So you're going to start... Um, You're going to listen to my voice. You're going to start with five minutes per day. You're going to close your eyes. And you're going to use images and start imagining what you want right now. But you're not going to do this if you're driving. Oh, no. No. You will do it later. Okay. On record, right? Yes. Uh, Feel the feeling you would have if you had this. And bring those feelings into your body. Now bring peace to your being. Exhale all stress, fear, and lack out of your body. Make a picture of an image or images of one thing you desire right now. Who is in your picture? What are you surrounding like? Use five senses to feel, hear, touch, see, smell what is there in your mental picture. What are your feelings? Are you happy? Are you excited? Are you grateful? Bring any feeling you would like to exhibit with your desired outcome being present now in this moment. See yourself with this outcome now. How does your mental picture look now? And be grateful in that moment that you have already received it. And that's what you can do yourself. You can do this each morning or night whenever you wish. There really needs to be a daily practice. Yes. Mm. Well, the more you focus, the more it's going to come. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing you can do with this is write it out. Use a pen and and write out your vision as you already have it. Not type it. Write it. Write it. It's very important your energy is in there. And 
each morning, read it out loud and say, I'm so happy and grateful that I am whatever mm. it is in your vision. Or I am. Or That's I am. That's a powerful enough statement on its own. Uh, and say it with that. emotion. Yes. Yeah. Can I, you know, I'm just thinking, uh, uh, we're kind of up towards the end here shortly. Uh, my grandmother always, always said, you know, the, the whole thing with a vision is, is never share it. Absolutely, mm. I agree with her. Yeah, that's because the Scottish people, piece. Don't people tell. Criti- <laughs> people criticize it. People yeah. will pull the energy away from it, uh, and then you're you're having to justify it or whatever. Uh, just hold your vision tight. You know, there might be uh, somebody or, or something that you totally trust with that, but for the most part, don't don't go around blabbing like, oh well, you know, I'm working on getting a new job and a new car and a and a red one and. Yeah, you know, it's just like don't do that. You know, just hold mm-hmm. it tight because that's where all the power is. The power's here. And yes. I'm by the way, I'm pointing to my body. Uh, mm. It's it's here in our bodies, in our heart, and, and that's you know uh, she was a very wise lady. You know, very wise. Yeah, way we, before any oh. of this stuff was even talked about, she was already talking about it. Mm-hmm. And the, she's the other, from another planet, though. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I must have known her there. Um, the thing is, too, is that you know, like people. They're not meaning to, but they will bring negativity. Their mm-hmm. negativity. Oh, I don't know if you should do that. That's a risk. Like, can you imagine what fear. people were saying to you when you were starting a school? Oh, they did. Yeah. And I told them, uh, thank you so much for your opinion uh, and carried on. So uh, actually, we're, we're now in officially in our 32nd year. Yay. Yay. You know, if I had listened... I would still be wandering around going, I wonder what I should do when I grow up. Yes. Well, I'm still doing that. I wonder yeah. what, I, you know, I mean, really, 32 yeah. years later, uh, is to when you just know you believe in something so much that you hold on to that and carry it through, you know. Uh, yeah, and I'm very grateful for that. I'm very well, we're very that. grateful that you did it, too. Well, thank you. And especially you. with your birthday coming up. My birthday? Your we're going to talk about birthdays. When is it? It's coming up. <laughs> Sometime in August. You know what's coming up too? Your lecture. My lecture is coming up. Yeah. Uh, you actually, it's more than a lecture. It's a mini workshop you're going to do. It absolutely is. Yeah. There's 20, uh, 95 slides. Or well, not slides. What are they called? Um, PowerPoint. PowerPoints. PowerPoint presentation. Pictures. Well, yeah, but all of them have like such great information on them. You know, um, that, you know, and exercises and all that kind of stuff. So oh, yes. you're doing that on the 22nd of August. I think it's, is it the 21st? The 21st? The one, it's uh, the Wednesday, whatever the Wednesday. Wednesday is. Okay, so it's Wednesday. Um, and um, it, it's a Transformational Arts College at 3300 Young Street here in Toronto. Uh, or fly into Toronto just so that you can be able to spend some time with Pauline O'Hanlon and uh, meet some people here at the college. Uh, 3300 Young Street in Toronto, up on the third floor uh, where the big room is. We're going to be holding it there. Um, and yeah, you guys have a great, so oh, by the way, it's only $40 tax mm-hmm. included. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty great for a three-hour workshop. Uh, so you guys have a great weekend. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much. Thank you, Gordon. And you have a lovely birthday because you deserve it. Uh, thank you. And uh, I wish everybody a great week ahead, enjoying our summer weather. This is Gordon L. and Dr. Jan Hill and Pauline O'Hanlon from Things Worth Considering. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye now. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jan Hill and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time 
and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 